0: Welcome to Today in Babylon. I'm your host, Araya Lynn, author of Who Told You That You Were Naked? The Ultimate Deception of Man. I want to challenge you to question everything you've ever been taught in religion. Because what you don't know can hurt you. We're going to uncover truth together. Once a day in Babylon with Ariah Lynn For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But what does it actually mean to believe? We will learn that what the Bible teaches and what most churches teach are somewhat contradictory to one another. As I mentioned in episode 1, Satan has used the church as a weapon against God because our trust is there. So we trust what is taught there. Let's look a little closer at how this deception has affected how we have come to perceive Christ and some of his teachings. As I also mentioned in episode 1, Satan needed a way to make it possible for him to be worshipped and to convince God's people to worship him over God. Remember, Revelation tells us that Satan became the deceiver of the whole world. We must keep in mind that these lessons are not a personal attack on any individual person, because again, we have all been misled. He didn't just get a few to follow him, but the masses. And though they do it unknowingly, they do it willingly, because they have been fooled, bamboozled, tricked, but how can he do that again by having you worship a savior whom he empowered over the son whom the bible spoke of second corinthians eleven three reads i am afraid however that just as eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning your minds may be led astray from your simple and pure devotion to Christ. For if someone comes and proclaims a Jesus other than the one we proclaimed, or if you receive a different spirit than the one you received, or a different gospel than the one you accepted, you put up with it way too easily." Christ tells us in John 5 I am come in my father's name and you receive me not if another shall come in his own name him ye will receive was Christ not rejected in his day Isaiah 53 3 says he was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows acquainted with grief Like one from whom men hide their faces He was despised and we esteemed him not Is Christ not still rejected today? Little do we know We have been taught to reject him as well Because as the goal was to do away with Christ's actual teachings And his mission in his time That goal hasn't changed in our time as we live in a world that is under the sway of the wicked one. Christ was killed and his story was changed and embellished and we were taught to worship God in the way man wanted to worship God and not how Christ taught us to worship God. Do you not think that Satan heaven deceived the whole world didn't have the power to control the narrative of Christ and also control how we worship Christ and the Father? Yes, of course. Satan has used the church to teach you a different version of Christ than the Son who was sent by the Father. We have been taught a version of Christ that makes us lazy in worshiping God, makes us acceptful of all things, and who has taught us that the laws of God are not important because we are loved and always forgiven. But let's examine what the scriptures tell us about Christ. Look at John 5.43 again. I am come in my father's name Christ is telling us that his mission was to carry out the father's will so whatever Christ's teachings were would have to be in line with God's word God's will what was God's overall intent to have us live in his will and keep his commandments people say Jesus died for our sins those same people say the laws of the Old Testament were done away with they teach that God is love Christ is love and our only commandment is to love they have completely misinterpreted the love that Christ taught Christ's mission was to teach us God's will and how to love the son was an example of how to love the son taught the laws statutes and commandments that the lost sheep had fallen away from many people are mistaken that God just wants us to love him and love others yes it is a commandment to love but How do we love is the question. How did Christ teach us to love the Father? 1 John 5.3 tells us, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are not burdensome. God's ultimate intent was that we would keep His commandments willingly and without grief. That we would not complain and we would not sin against Him. That is why He gave us free will. He wanted His creation, us, to have a choice. And those who keep His commandments would show their love for God. John fourteen fifteen If ye love me, keep my commandments as simple as that. John fourteen twenty one says Whoever has my commandments and keep them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and reveal myself to him. In John fourteen twenty three, Jesus replied, "If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and he will come to him and make our home with him." First John two three says, "By this we can be sure." That we have come to know him if we keep his Commandments Second John verse 6 and this is love that we walk according to his Commandments this is the very commandment you have heard from the beginning that you must walk in love yes Matthew twenty two, thirty seven through thirty eight says, Jesus declared, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor." As yourself, Christ did not say that these are the only commandments. But goes on in verse 40 to say that all the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So every single law hangs on the two commandments of love. If we love God, we will show Him by keeping all of His commandments and teaching others, our neighbors, to do so as well. These laws have been put in place to keep us all safe, to keep us in honor to God, and to show us how to respect one another. So, what is the overall message of all these scriptures? How many scriptures do we need before we get it that God equates keeping his commandments with loving him? And that is the message that Christ was trying to instill in us. So we can't replace following God's commandments by being nice and saying we love everyone. But instead we show our love By keeping God's laws and commandments and by teaching and being examples to those around us the church has taught us that God is a lenient God and that since we have Jesus God will forgive us for any and everything but Jesus told us that he came to carry out the will of his father John six thirty eight reads for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And as we have learned in this episode, the will of the Father is that we keep his commandments. Those who have said that the laws of God or the Old Testament were done away with clearly didn't get God's message in all the aforementioned scriptures. And they skipped where Christ said in Matthew 5.17 Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets, I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. So Christ is saying, Now I did not come to do away with the commandments, or do away with the teachings of the prophets, but I have come to fulfill. Now where we must be careful is with the word fulfill. Because many will take that word and teach you that the law was fulfilled when Christ came and died for us. Meaning that it was completed. So we are saved by grace and no longer responsible for carrying out those laws. And these are the same people. will take the one law of tithing from that whole list of laws statutes and commandments and tell you that you are responsible for tithing but not the rest of the laws how does that work exactly let's look closer at what Christ meant by he came to fulfill the law This breakdown can also be found in chapter 5 of my book, Who Told You That You Were Naked? The dictionary gives us two definitions of the word fulfill. The first, meaning exactly to us, as the church teaches us, that fulfill means to bring to completion. This is a definition that the churches use to teach us that Christ brought the completion of the laws. But how does that make sense when before that he says that he didn't come to do away with the laws or to abolish the laws? Also, if we go further in Matthew 5, 18 reads... For I tell you truly, until heaven and earth pass away, not a single jot, not a stroke of a pen will disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So no law or any part of the law shall be done away with. Until all prophecies of the Bible have been accomplished. 19 reads So then, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do likewise will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever practices and teaches them will be called great. In the kingdom of heaven so we are not to break even the most insignificant commandment nor are we to teach others that it is okay to do so so if Christ tells us this then who is teaching us that these laws have been done away with And again, what does Christ mean when he says that he came to fulfill the law? Let's take a look at the second definition of fulfill. The dictionary says, To fulfill a task means to carry out that task. When we are carrying out a task, it means that we are actively doing it. In my book, I use the executive branch of our government as an example to make things a little clearer. For those unaware of the roles of the different branches of our government, it is the executive branch's role to carry out the law, which, as its name states, this branch executes the laws, making sure that the laws are enforced. If we use this definition, it begins to make sense why Christ said that he did not come to destroy the laws, but to make sure they were enforced until the end. Again, Scripture says that no one should take away from them or teach others not to follow them, or they will be considered the least in heaven. We will look more into the laws, statutes, and commandments of God in upcoming episodes, but right now we'll look at some scriptures. Regarding the weight of the laws James 2.10 says Whoever keeps the whole law But stumbles at just one point Is guilty of breaking all of it 1 John 3.4 says Everyone who practices sin Practices lawlessness as well Indeed, sin is lawlessness. Galatians 3.10-13 For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Now, as far as Christ dying for our sins, this is something that our churches dare not expound upon. That statement never meant that Christ did away with our sins, but He took the punishment for sins that were already committed. We must know that one of the definitions of for is because of or by reason of So he died because of sins again that were already committed. It never meant that we were made free from sin. Matthew says in: 121. Because he will save his people from their sins. His people were living in sin, which is why Christ was sent. Again, by teaching and showing his people the will of God, Christ would save his people from the sins that they were committing at that time. And he would offer his life as a blood sacrifice, just as the holy priests did in that time with blood sacrifices of animals in the holy places. Again, it was not that in the future everyone would be sinless and blameless. Just look around you. Much sin overwhelms us after Christ's death. But it was for the burden and sins of Israel who had disappointed God and who had fallen away and became lost sheep. This sacrifice was not for sins that the world would commit, but sins that Israel had already committed. Isaiah 53, 5-7 says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. Again, for means because of. He was wounded because of Israel's transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Again, this is speaking of Israel. Israel. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. So, one key to understanding Scripture is to understand what pertains to the past and what is prophecy. We must know that Jesus was not referring to sins that would occur in the future. It says Christ died for or because of Israel's sin then Israel would in turn through Christ's sacrifice learn the love of Christ and the Father and would through this come to know the will of God that would then go out into the whole world before the end to understand this further it is of extreme importance that you know who Israel is And who are the Gentiles to understand all the scriptures surrounding who Christ was sent for and who and what he died for. That discussion will come in future episodes. But again, we're taught that Christ came to do away with the law and died to rid us of our sins. But none of that makes sense. Why do we have to answer for our sins in judgment? And what governs us if there are no laws? There is still wrong and right in the eyes of God, right? Is there not? Many misinterpret Romans 10.4 where it says, For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness to everyone who believes. Yes, Christ is the end of the law. As the second coming of Christ is the end of this world as well as the laws. Scripture is not telling us that Christ has ended the law by his death. But remember that the law is done away with in the end. And it will be through Christ that those who believe in him will be saved by him in that end. Once saved by Christ, the law will be no more. Again, only after heaven and earth pass, as stated in Matthew 5.18, will the law be no more. Because in the new heaven and earth, righteousness will dwell, as we are told in 2 Peter. 2 Peter three seventeen through 18 tells us, Therefore, dear friends, since you have been forewarned, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of the lawless and fall from your secure position, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory, both now and forever. If we go back to Romans 10, verses 13 and 14, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? There's their word believe again. To know Christ is to believe in Christ, and only then by knowing and believing in Christ will you be able to call on him. Remember in episode 1 we learned in Matthew that not everyone who says Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. It tells us that it was not Christ whom many have called on and prophesied in the name of, so he doesn't know them only those who believe in Christ know the true Christ and can call on him and that would be those who believe and follow Christ's teachings again what is that the will of the father jude 121 says keep yourselves and the love of God, waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. Again, there goes that phrase again, the love of God. What have we learned is the love of God? First John 5.3 again tells us, For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments. So believing in Christ is more than saying, I believe in Jesus and believe Jesus died for my sins. It means believing in his message, believing in his teachings, and following the will of God as he did. It means trusting in and accepting and keeping God's commandments so that you may have everlasting life. The Bible teaches us that God does not change. If God tells us to love Him by keeping His commandments, and Christ's mission was to instill that message, how do we not accept this? We have been taught that Christ was here spreading love and miracles, but those teachings bypassed that Christ was here teaching law which is one of the reasons why he was hated. The Christ we have been presented with in church has been used to keep us from showing our love to God and have kept us away from keeping his commandments. They teach us that God and Christ are love and tell us that we must love, but they don't teach us how to love. We are taught a version of Christ that is not of the Father, but a creation of Satan, and who the Bible speaks of in John 5.43, as the one who came in his own name, teaching you a gospel other than the one that was taught by the Son, that we have come to accept way too easily, as Second Corinthians tells us. The Son says in six thirty eight of John, for I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. Second Peter chapter three verse three says The first thing that you should understand is this in the last days some people will think that God and God's rules are not important they will say that you are silly they will call you fools because you believe God these people will do whatever bad things they want to do So please be aware that there are people out here who are making their own rules and worshiping God, how they see fit, and not necessarily in the way that He sees fit. So this is not the end of our discussion on Christ, as we still have more to cover on how his message has been skewed and how we have also been given images of Christ that we have come to bow down to and worship. This version of Christ has become an actual idol that we were warned not to worship. Yet we have been taught that it is okay and it is accepted in our churches. So again... We accept it easily. Let's discuss more of the teachings of the church and the traditions of man that we have come to accept in episode 3 on Day in Babylon.